Psalm 82 in your Bibles. And uh, Psalm 82 is a, is a kind of a turn away from the last several psalms that we've been going through uh, about Israel's wandering away from the Lord and experiencing the consequences of that. And now the Lord directs uh, Asaph's attention here a bit more narrowly at some of the enemies from within, particularly unjust judges, comparatively to the just judge, Jesus Christ himself. And you'll notice as we read through this short psalm, the first verse and the last verse both emphasize who that just judge is. And so let's read that here together. I'll, I'll read it for us here. Uh, psalm 82, beginning here in verse 1. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. And I'll explain this in just a moment. But when it's uh, the word gods shows up with a small g, it's just simply referring to human leaders, human rulers or human judges specifically here. Verse 2. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of, of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High, but ye, shall, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Or would you help us just in this short time here tonight to glean something from your word? Each one of us uh, desperately needs you and, and really need to, to, to glean from what you have for us here tonight from the Psalms. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, just a quick explanation about uh, that, that, that meaning of, of uh, what it means when it says gods in small g. There are other places in the Bible that that's referring to, uh, obviously, false gods, uh, such as when Israel was worshiping false gods. But here specifically is, is this word used for human judges. The same Hebrew word is used in Exodus 21 and 22, and it's actually translated judges. Uh, Jesus himself, he quotes this passage in John chapter 10, and when he's talking about uh, the law to these Pharisees, he tells them in John chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? And then he goes on to talk to these Pharisees, and call them to make a decision, call them to make a judgment on whether or not he be the Son of God. And if, if they don't believe that, believe him for the very work's sake. Jesus calls them, to, them to, to believe on him. And so here, tonight, I want to look at this psalm in particular, Psalm 82, looking at these unjust judges in light of, uh, in light of the, the perfect judge himself. And that's who we're going to focus on tonight. And then at the end of the psalm, before we go to work tonight, I'm going to make a secondary application to us, just as people living in the 20, uh, 20, uh, 
uh, 23rd century, uh, 20, 21st century, I'm sorry. 21st, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going forward in time right now. 21st century. But what does it mean for us sitting here today? I don't think any of us have lawyers' degrees, or I don't think any of us are judges, but we'll get to that in just a moment. So let's look first. Verses 1 and 2 are very simply straightforward God's condemnation of unjust judges. And there are those today. We see them all over the places. Uh, really, a, a lot of unjust, uh, unjust things happening. Notice, firstly, who is standing there? <laughs> God, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth amongst the gods. Judges, judges today are supposed to uphold good. They're supposed to punish evil. They essentially are an extension of God's character of justice. And, but but when, when a judge is rewarding wickedness, he, justice is distorted. Things are not right. And we see that even happening throughout, throughout our justice system today. Verse 1 states that God is not sitting idle. He's not sitting there kind of shaking his head, wondering, oh, what am I going to do? No, he's standing there, and he's actually condemning those wicked judges. But I want you to notice verse 2 as well. What are the first two words of verse 2? How long? He almost, the Lord's pleading, how long are you going to do this? And then the end of verse 2 says what? Selah. That's not just, it is, a, it is, in the Hebrew, it was a musical pause. But also here, I, I, I believe, uh, just to the listeners, to the Jewish listeners, is it, it's, it's poetic of the long-suffering nature of our God. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Think on that. Selah. I'm not going to judge you just yet. I'm, you're not going to feel the consequences of your unjust judging just yet. I'm being long-suffering with you. And for us here tonight, uh, many, many, uh, the Lord is being long-suffering with our world. We have uh, unjust judges today that are we see, seemingly not getting what is supposed to be coming to them, seemingly not going right, and God is being long-suffering with them. And you can think, oh, that's not right of the Lord. Think about how God was long-suffering with you. You know, because of our sin, we deserve to go to hell. Because of our sin, we deserved eternal separation from God. But it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ that, that was shed and his death and his burial and his resurrection that we can know for sure that we're saved here tonight. And if you don't know that, I, I trust that you, you'll understand just the blessed uh, truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how he came to save all of us so that we don't have to spend an eternity in hell. The long-suffering of our God. So God's condemnation of these unjust judges, but then the next few verses teach us what a judge should be versus what these judges actually are. Verse 3 Look, it says, defend the poor and fatherless. What is a judge supposed to be? A defender. A defender. Do justice to the affliction and needy. Verse 4, deliver the poor and needy. What's a judge supposed to be? 
a deliverer. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. And we'll get to verse 5 in just a moment, but a judge is supposed to be a defender, a deliverer, and I would even go as far as to say because they're an extension of the God's character of justice, they're supposed to be one who fears God. And uh, you say, where, where are you getting that? I do get that from Scripture. Second Chronicles, you don't have to turn there right now, but I would encourage you to look it up later. If you look at Jehoshaphat's life, he, in Second Chronicles chapter 19, he brings his judges before him and he challenges them. And he says to them in Second Chronicles 19, 6 and 7, And he said to the judges, Take heed what ye do. For ye judge not for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment. Wherefore now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. No bribery. Not nothing. And that, that's, that's, that would be well to be read in some of our courtrooms today. Uh, the perfect judge to be present and the fear of the Lord to be present. But so many of our institutions want to take the Lord out of the area and try to, you know, try to do things without the fear of the Lord. It would be good for us to remember this even in our own lives as I'll get to in a moment. So then what are these judges? God tells us in verse 5, they know not. It means they're unlearned. Neither will they understand. They're unteachable. They walk on in darkness. So they, they walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Meaning there's instability in, in their judgment. I tried to find the uh, commentator for this quote, but I could not. But this, this man, I believe, had it right when he said, when judges walk in the darkness of their arrogant pride, the lives of everyday people are uncertain and unstable, as if the ground that should be firm under their feet is shaking. It is true. And, and this, what a judge should be is one who is a defender, a deliverer, and ultimately one who fears God. The last uh, portion of this psalm is God's perfect judgment. He says, I have said, ye are gods. Ye are, uh, you are, you are you're human judges. Uh, all, of you ch- uh, all of you are children of the Most High. And that he's not talking about you're saved or you're born again. He's saying all of you are, 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 have, have been born just like everybody else. He says, all of you are children of the Most High. In other words, you're, you're in a higher position than maybe some of your fellow man. Verse 7, But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of, these, uh, one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. God's perfect judgment. God says to those judges, You may think you're, you're big stuff, but you're going to die just like these others are, that you judge. God is the perfect judge. His greatness is far above any, any other earthly judge, and that's shown by what he inherits. At the end of verse 8, For thou shalt inherit 
all nations. What a day that's going to be around the throne. Revelation chapter 5 gives us that picture of what it's going to be when, when we as believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, are, who, have, who have been born again, who have asked Jesus to wash away our sins and, and to, 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 be, to live forever with Him, we've received that gift of eternal life, that free gift, and we're going to be there around the throne, and we're going to be singing Revelation 5, verse 9. I'm going to end with this verse. So if you'd like to turn there, you can. Uh, but I want you to see this. This is, this is wonderful. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. What a day that's going to be. We'll see the Lamb of God. We'll see Jesus for who He is, and and the nail piercings that were in His hand, and that 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 wound in His side. We'll understand who the perfect judge is. We won't be worrying about these unjust judges on earth today, but we'll be looking at the perfect judge and bowing before the perfect judge, and praise God. He's not, there's not going to be anything that he's reproving you of because his blood has washed it all away. We're going to talk about this some on Sunday morning as we go back into the book of Colossians, looking at the Christ's work of reconciliation and how he reconciled us to himself. I'm, I'm excited about Sunday morning already, which is good. But uh, how do we apply this passage especially to us? If you're reading through this in your Bible, how do you make an application to yourself? as a 21st century believer. You, maybe you're not, you're not a judge sitting in a courtroom somewhere, but do you realize that all of us in life do make judgments? We do make judgment calls. If you're an employer, you make judgments. If you are a father, you make judgment calls. And your kids, uh, should I say, either re- they reap the benefits or suffer the consequences of your judgment calls. You as people make judgment calls, and it affect- those judgment calls affect people. My, my whole, really, heartbeat tonight that God has given me is that in all of those judgments that we make, whether they be for something or they be about somebody, do our judgments show forth that we fear God? Do our, as, as Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat gathered all of those judges together, I gather you all here right now and challenge you, as you make judgments in your life, as you, as you make judgment decisions, are your decisions being made with the fear of God center, front and center? And if they're not... Would you ask God tonight to change your heart and to really, as you go into the rest of your week, be thinking, God, would you help me to fear you? Would you help me as I make uh, decisions not to make them independent of you, but to be thinking about what would praise and glorify you? Let's pray.